Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia's first ever online workplace mental health induction. You can learn more about a custom induction for your business by visiting www.mentallywellworkplaces.com.au. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning. So for the listeners today, I have Stuart Loudon, um, who is a practising lawyer. We're going to have a talk about um, a different kind of law and mental well-being in the law professional. So, Stuart, thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Sally. So, Stuart, when I met you, you told me that you were a different kind of lawyer. <laughs> and that, that really interested me. So can I explore that a little bit with you as to what that means? Sure. Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll give a quick background of my my professional life, I guess, which would probably answer some of that. Uh, I uh, grew up in Sydney and um, always had a strong sense of uh, social justice, I guess, um, and, and personal wanting to look out for people. My brother has a uh, physical disability and, and mum was very uh, involved in um, activism for him uh, and his interests when, when I was a kid, so I grew up around, uh, around activism. And... Um, my first career actually out of school was uh, social work. So I worked uh, for youth organisations and then um, for a number of years, about 12 years, in the uh, clinical mental health sector. Um, I did my law degree and, and was admitted as a lawyer in my late 30s. So this is the second career. And what I've noticed is that uh, my social work past has really continued on with me. Um, I thought I was changing careers. I think I've just added a career. <laughs> And so it's meant. Um, so it, so uh, it's meant that um, while I've been certainly in, in corporate settings and uh, in litigation, and I've uh, worked in, in those sort of sectors, uh, I still have a really strong sense of, and, and I've received feedback, both positive and negative, to this effect, uh, that uh, I, I don't fit the mould, and. Uh, I, I have never fitted any mould, I don't think, so um, I can't really do much about it apart from embrace it. So when I decided to start my own firm, firm um, and, and started Loud and Legal um, three months ago, I just decided, all right, I'm, I'm a different type of lawyer, so I'll, uh, I'll have that as, I guess, my one of my guiding principles. So uh, what that means to me, I guess, is that um, there's a lot of things in the legal sector that uh, hangovers from a, a past era um, and a lot of those are being broken down um, and I want to be part of that. I want to be uh, making a positive contribution to how people experience um, seeing a lawyer, uh, making it easier and um, and just offering an alternative. Okay. So tell me about the past era. The past, what's that? The past era, like what it's traditionally been like in law you said you didn't fit the mold yeah yeah uh look i think um law has been criticized uh and, and is still criticized for being uh, an old boys club uh it's still said to be that way I, I i think we need to be careful about that because law is certainly um massively changing uh when i start when i was studying about 
14 years ago, I think it was, 15, 16 years ago actually, uh, the, um, we already had uh, about two to three as many uh, times uh, female students as we did male. And so while the, the legal sector has been very male-dominated, uh, it's rapidly changing uh, in that regard. Uh, for example, in I think about three years ago, we passed the mark of um, women being uh, a majority of lawyers in, in Queensland, which a lot of people wouldn't believe or know, but it's true. Uh, most lawyers in Queensland are female. So that's been a, a massive change. It means that a lot of, um, as we're seeing in the media at the moment, a lot of traditional behaviours are being challenged and, and new expectations are being established to the legal sector. Uh, there's a very prominent um, uh, case at the moment involving a former judge and, and uh, allegations of sexual impropriety, and that triggered a lot of discussion uh, in the legal sector. Um, in the past, lawyers were uh, very high, uh, like the, any profession, they were, they were higher status members of the community. They were the highest, even the higher paid. Uh, everyone that I know thinks that I drive a, a really uh, flash car when really my car's fairly humble. Um, the guys that I know that have got the really flash cars seem to be the tradies. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, of, uh, I've got a few trading mates who we sort of trade trade barbs about that. But um, so yeah, and uh, and also I think uh, the class system as well. Um, I grew up going to private school. Uh, I've got a little bit left of my Sydney. Um, what my kids call my my posh Sydney accent, but uh, that's that's largely gone, I think. But uh, no, I think there's been a real change that uh, lawyers can't really. Uh, lawyers are much more in the marketplace now. Um, they're they're along they're service providers alongside tradies, alongside you know really any doctors, anybody really, and uh, they they really need to engage with that new uh, that new reality. I think. Okay, so I've read a lot of reports and we know that um, the mental health, mental ill health in the law profession is very, very high. Um, there, are, there are plenty, there's plenty of data out there to show us that. Uh, how, how, do, how is it that we've got lawyers that are subject to, you know, vicarious trauma really? There, there are times when they're you know, having to listen to someone else's trauma, they're having to, you know, take all that on board, they're having to have all their billable hours, they're maybe pulling all-nighters all to prepare for court the next day, and yet for some reason are still afraid to speak out. Yeah. How, what can we do to help change that? The first thing I think I'd say is that it's it's often portrayed as a gender issue. I personally don't believe that it is. I think it's just a culture issue. Um, and so I, I'm not sure that... Um, I think that the changing gender profile of law will... I, I think it's benefiting the profession in some of those aspects um, because... God, men generally, and this is anything I say general related is a massive generalization. So, I, I, you know, um, but uh, men generally, uh, rightly and wrongly, are, are a bit more individualistic in, in, in their approach to things. I mean, the, um, uh, you know, women sort of band together a lot more and uh, I guess offers each other support or 
they're just around each other more. I mean, my, my wife can um, can uh, be discussing um, something with someone at the shop and I think that they're old friends and they've just met but they have something that they want to help each other out with. So, they, um, so I think a lot of that with the gender change in law, I think I'm optimistic that there's going to be some change there because uh, I've been in settings where one of the staff is having a bad time, like one of the female staff is having a bad time, you know, for whatever reason, and and there's been a lot of support available to them that I don't think the guys would have overall. Um, I I guess as an example, I, last year I, my father passed away, and and it was anticipated and and all that sort of thing. He was quite elderly, and 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 went, you know, but. Uh, the, the men in the office, a couple of them stopped by and, and expressed their condolences, but that was really it. And, I mean, I was happy fine, but uh, for me. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I know that um, with some of the female staff that if they had a, a grief in the family, there was a lot more support available. So, um, but, no, I think that there's a lot of things in law that um, that are not um, – there, there's an oversupply of lawyers, and I think we're treated like fodder, to be honest. Um Firms have not generally had trouble replacing vacancies. Uh, the attitude that we just work long hours is just expected and uh, you're just expected to toughen up and take it. And, that, and that's good for people. Um, I, I think law has been good for me. as I, I'm certainly a lot more disciplined than I personally disciplined than I was before I entered law. So there, there are some good aspects to that. But um, there's very much an attribute that you kind of just your humanity is secondary to the job and it's not good. No, so it's a pretty big challenge because we've got this, um, still this um, belief somehow out in society that it's a, a boys club and it's a prestigious career and all of those things, but they're still human. Yeah. So it's a really, you know, I think they're up there with our construction industry now in the statistics for suffering, yep. and yep. we can and we can see why. But how are we going to break down those barriers? If I gave you the job and said you're in charge of breaking down those barriers, mm. what what would you do? Especially especially coming from a social worker background to law, that's a very rare combination, and and, and probably a good combination for understanding both sides of the coin. Yeah. Um, the answer is an uncomfortable one. I, I think um, being the sort of the activist, the born activist, and the and the the the, um, the one who's always tried to advocate, I've I've stuck my neck out far too often over the years. Um, I, I fought everybody else's battles, and yeah. I hoped that in my maturing years that I'd, I'd be able to perhaps settle down and, and avoid some of that. But in starting the firm, I, I think I've realised that um, I time and time again, I just keep coming back to it, that I, I do believe that I have to be, that I am part of um, making a change. Um, and for me, I, I, um, I'm not yet presuming to really lecture anybody or, or talk too much about it. I, I'm, um, I'm more interested as a new person that's, you know, running my own just to learn and to make sure that I'm doing things properly and, learn from my mistakes. Something. But, but one thing I've noticed, um, I've been operating three months, uh, my own firm the last three months, is I'm just 
bringing myself into the role more. So whereas uh, I really couldn't do that too much in the past, although I still did, um, I I find just bringing my my humanity into it. So, for example, uh, I know that uh, a lot of city firms, for example, not all of them, but a lot of them, they have very impressive waiting rooms. And, And what that means, I mean, that's lovely. Like it's some of them are quite breathtaking, but... The thing is, is that if you're a, um, the average client or most clients and you walk into that, you're intimidated. And uh, I don't like that. So for me, when I see my clients, I've, I've uh, when I set the firm up, I said, look, you don't have to sit in a waiting room because I don't have one uh, working from home. And uh, I said, but look, uh, if we need a formal meeting room, I can arrange one. Um, the Law Society has nice meeting rooms. We can arrange that. But realistically, um, if I'm doing an advice for someone, they, they're going to be far more relaxed if I sit with them in their lounge room or a cafe, if, as long as it's quiet and confidential. Uh, and so I'm because I'm not having to rent an office, uh, it's no problem for me just to jump in my car and go and see somebody. So that then feels, it, it lets them see the face. It lets them see that um, I'm interested. Um, they can tell from how I engage with them that I'm concerned for their well-being. Talk to them on the phone rather than emailing is another one. Uh, emails and texting are, are, are horrific as far as communication. I, I think that people really need to know that they are really, really bad. Uh, emails are useful in what I do for confirming arrangements and getting clarity. But um, if if a client's, uh, clients come to me because they have a need, because they're stressed, because there's a problem. And so if I can sit and have a chat with them and they can know that I care, um, it, I think it makes a big difference. So I think to answer your question, and um, uh, yeah, it's just about modelling new ways and surprising people when um, people saying, oh, wow, the lawyer came and saw me and then they might chat to their friends about that and say, oh, met Stuart, this guy, he sat down with me, he was a lawyer, he wasn't, uh, you know, he, he wasn't wearing a suit, he was not neatly, neatly dressed, but he was, um, he, you know, sat in the lounge room and had a coffee with us and had a bit of a chat afterwards, you know. So, and he didn't scare me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I, uh, another aspect of it, I think, is um, the, I don't, I've relinquished a lot of the things that I think that are the status symbols in all the traditional status symbols in law, because I don't think that there's really a place for that anymore. Uh, it used to be the case that uh, if you've got a, a really um, flash office, so people will be impressed by that and think, wow, this guy's you know, really good. Um, I think a couple of people have commented to me lately that they, they're worried that uh, if the guy's got a flash office, it's because he charges a lot to pay so, um, so I don't mind. Uh, my office is really very functional. Uh, as I said, I'm working from home, um, and that's by design because I think, well, if I keep it simple, um, then my, my fees are going to be more affordable because I don't need to charge as much. Um, I've got more flexibility as to where I meet clients. I've, I've even interviewed people about a problem they had with a pool construction on my front driveway, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and. Yeah, I think it's just coming down. Uh, I, and I, I, I really don't want to insult my colleagues with this because it's not meant as an insult, but to, to use the old phrase, come down the, out of the old ivory tower and, and meet with people on the street, have a chat with them, meet where they come, where, where they are. Yeah. Um, and, and just be available. Um, and and it, it, the thing is, it can be done. Um, my, my dad was a doctor and dad 
used to do that as well. Dad um, uh, dressed fairly casually, um, but even when he was dressed up, he, he was very, he could be friends with anybody. He, he, didn't, he was interested in people. So uh, he'd have guys in the local building site would come around, oh, mate, look, you know, the, the one of the juniors got injured on the site and Dad would say, okay, come in and he'd patch the guy up and send him on his way and there was never a problem. They, they knew that if there was a problem, they could go to him and he would be available to help. And I think that's something that I've, I'm trying to model, which I think as lawyers we should put a lot of effort into trying to be like that. So as people, I think we need to throw out the ego in yes. every industry because I think traditionally doctors, lawyers, you know, high-profile there's been a sense of fear from, um, I know the only experience I've had going with lawyer, I was I was scared, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it, it's not a nice thing that, um, that people are afraid of it, but I think it, it's really the, about the good old emotional intelligence, and I know it's a bandied about topic, but it, yeah. I think it really is important to bring that into these industries and and for lawyers to understand that they can reach out, that they are under a lot of pressure and yep. we all respect that. I certainly wouldn't want to be one, but for us to break down that stigma so that they know it's okay to reach out. Um, and and I see the higher up the industries, that's that's a, a harder thing to break down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think it's important to say at this point um, to Sally that I was just thinking as you were saying that that the fact is is that it's I mean a lot of people I, I think there's aspects of the public service that could that need to do that um, when people go into I, I worked briefly at Centrelink um, years ago and um, I, I think the same principle even though the officers were quite I mean Centrelink's done a lot since then to to make it more accessible but still if you have to approach a government department I, I find uh, in, if I have to ring up a government department. In my personal life, it's it's quite challenging sometimes. Um, but uh, I, I just think, like you said, with the ego, I, I was I'm quite fortunate to have a, a lifelong friend um, who I went to school with, and uh, he left school in year ten because he, he just wasn't managing very well. Um, but he, uh, when we were five years old, he made me cry because he was explaining the workings of a car engine in great detail, and I couldn't keep up, and I, I just got overwhelmed. <laughs> And, and we've always had this joke between us that, look, we're both very bright, just in very different ways. Um, yes. He's, he's brilliant with his hands and he's running a successful business and uh, all that sort of thing. I, I'm a complete dummy when I go and see him. And, um, you know, if, he, if, he, if I tried to discuss some of the points of what I'm doing, he wouldn't get it either. And that's okay. It's not, um, you know, it's not that one's smarter or better or anything. It's just, well, hey, this is my little niche in the world that I'm occupying and um i'll just do what i can to make it help to help others with that just as i hope that someone will help me with things that i'm not good at i mean i was having a chat with um someone about you know malormo the other day <laughs> similar, i've got no clue but he's he's uh, he was helping me and that's right so and we're that brings back to we're all human we're all yeah. equal we're just doing a different job I, I remember I went to an event with my daughter once and um, Tony Abbott was there and I said, I'm going to go and say hello to him. She said, you can't do that. It's important. You can't go and say hello to him. I said, he's just a different, he's just doing a different job. 
yeah. we're all equal. And I think that's hopefully the way society will move. And I, I do think COVID's, um, you know, for all it's bad, it, it, it's brought us back to basics in some way. Um, so I'm hoping something good comes out of COVID. In Bosses are now being more flexible. They're trusting their staff. Um, you know, the pressure's been taken off a little bit. So I'm hoping that continues. Mm, but I have to ask you the question, what drew a social worker to become a lawyer? Uh, are any social workers listening? <laughs> um, sorry, I'll smack myself on the hand for that. Um, look, I, I think uh, I I will just speak from my experience, and I, I mean no disrespect to other social workers. I, I do know some others who are very um, doing some good things. I um, I was facing the situation of. Um, in my late twenties, um, nearly hitting thirty, and it's kind of a uh, you know a, a landmark age. Uh, I was a senior clinician by that stage, so I was supervising other staff, and and it was um, I was a team leader briefly to relief for the, the team leader went on leave. So I'd I'd already developed some seniority in my late twenties, and I I looked around, and all the other senior social workers were all in their late fifties, and the really career wise, the only step up if I wanted to stay in social work was to uh, become the assistant director of social work, which I had an opportunity to do um, at one point. But I thought, well, I did this to change the system. And I, if I move up in the to be assistant director or director, while I was on positive terms with both of the people in those jobs at that time, and I and I thought they were doing, you know, they were they were certainly doing what they could. We were just part of the machine, and. Um, I saw uh, situations where some social work colleagues, there was somebody got a, um, there was a government department made a decision against the client and they said, well, we'll start a petition. And I said, well, because I'd started law by this stage, I said, well, you know, there's actually a mechanism through the tribunal, you can get decisions reviewed. And it was like that was in the too hard basket. And I just thought, well, if I'm going to have the impact that I want to have and to help people and not be locked into like a little box somewhere where I'm being tokenistic, in, in, at least in my view, I should say, uh, I, I, I felt challenged to, to do, I uh, eventually settled on law. Um, I originally, I, I majored in mediation, uh, which remains a, uh, I had planned to be a mediator that hasn't happened yet, but who knows, um, because I found that I could generally, if I saw two people arguing, I could actually see the common ground between what they were saying and um, uh, I could actually map out a, well, okay, this is what they're actually wanting. Maybe you could do this or that. So that's what got the hook into me, I think. But uh, after that, I just got really interested by how uh, somebody can come to me with a problem and I'm able to look at the mechanics of our society and propose a solution that engages with that and it's not uh, that, that's realistic. So, for example, uh, as if I have a situation with a, um, a government department, for example, uh, uh, or if, if someone has a, a conflict with a service provider, the first thing I'll do is actually contact the service provider and say, you know, well, look, this is what I've been told so far. Can you give me your take on it? Because my client might have got it wrong or they might both, usually both parties have con but in the wrong a little bit, kind of thing, to some yeah. degree. So um, it's about actually... Um, 
really crafting your response to what is appropriate. And, and really, I think as a lawyer, I have a responsibility to help people's lives go better, but also to help society work better. So uh, we go in, we, we have a role to help resolve disputes, uh, to do it more efficiently than the people could themselves because we're not emotionally involved. Yes. Um, also can help them um, be aware of the mechanisms that are available because a lot of the time there's, a, there's um, people are quite shocked. There, there are a lot of mechanisms available to resolve a dispute, whether it's from um, a neighbour puts up a dodgy fence on the, on the boundary through to you order something online and, and the product isn't what you wanted um, or someone's trolling you, someone's insulting you on social media. Um, people take their, their, uh, you know, their, their interest into their own hands often and, and start a fight in those situations, but you don't always have to. No. Um, so really I, I think there's a common theme between my old career and my new career. I think that while I thought I was replacing one with another, I think I've just built on one with another. Mm. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't have to get to court where yep. someone wins and someone loses? There's always going to be heartbreak for somebody in that situation. The more we can, you know, begin to bring that mediation process, um, the better off it is for everyone's well-being, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so mediation would be a, a very good practice, Stuart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just really about um, we um, we we're told it. I guess the the way of seeing it too is that we're kind of like hired swords or um, hired soldiers, if you call it that. Um, and yes, we go to war for people, um, but sometimes war is not. Um, it is not just running in with your sword, you know, with your with your weapons out and that sort of thing. For anybody who watches shows like uh, Vikings or that's a bit of a favourite of mine at the moment or, or The Last Kingdom or anything, um, the, the soldiers actually involved in a lot, get involved in a lot of negotiation. Um, they will talk to the other side and say, listen, are we able to resolve this or do we need to have the fight? And uh, lawyers, a good lawyer, will actually do that. Um, and part of that is uh, I know, for example, I was in a... Uh, in court cases that I've been in, sometimes the lawyers, if they're good and if they're doing the right thing, will pull each other aside and say, listen, my client wants A, B and C. Um, you know, th this is what they want your client to pay or this is the outcome that they want. I've told them they probably need to lower their expectations a little bit. But also if your client can come with something a little bit closer to what they're asking for, I think we could persuade them to accept that. And, and that's actually protecting their client's interest because if the client realistically, say it's a dollar amount, um, you know, thirty thousand dollars, the right figure. Often got our emotions. We say, "No, I want two hundred thousand." You know, and and so often, uh, I think lawyers have a, a definite role to uh, to serve their clients and society by uh, guiding them to a reasonable outcome, um, subject to their advice. And and if it wants that, that's fine. But giving them wise counsel is part of what they do as well. Yeah, yeah. I think we could go on talking about it forever. Um, your points are really valuable and I still love the different kind of lawyer, um, Stuart, and I'm sure you're going to be very successful um, without that um, big plush um, waiting room that scares the living daylights out of all of us. <laughs> how, how can people reach you, Stuart? Uh, well, look, I'm on the um, pretty easy to find um, uh, generally, probably uh, my, my firm's name is Loudon Legal, L-O-U-D-O-N Legal, 
and um, I'm my website is just loudandlegal.com.au. Uh, my phone number is, I think, you, if you want to circulate that as well. Um, people, I'm quite happy to be contacted in any means, whether it's by email, by telephone. Um, people should not hesitate to give me a call. Uh, important thing to mention, uh, everything that I do is fixed fee. So I do not charge you a cent until I say, listen, this is what I think we need to do. This is what I'm proposing to do. And this is what the costs are. And if you say, oh, my God, no way. Well, then we part as friends and everything's fine. Um, after, even after we've had a bit of a chat. So uh, there's no problem with people giving me a call or sending me an email. Right, okay. Well, anything we can do to help you, reach out. I'd like to have a further chat with you some way about how mentally well workplaces can help this um, profession, this law profession, um, in bringing it out in the open um, and, you know, um, looking at some of our educational tools that um, help educate because lawyers aren't, mental health practitioners and yet they're they're doing it tough so yeah Yeah. Mm. so thank you again for joining us and um we will stay in contact thanks Sally I'd appreciate it thank you for your time if you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review for more information visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au